Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Today, let's welcome Shiva Sasha. How can I walk in freedom so I can prevent myself from being in bondage again? How can I move forward? And in today's message, Sheba, our Director of Missions and Adults, explains what the Apostle Paul has to say about that battle that takes place inside those who are followers of Jesus. Go with us now to Galatians chapter 5. Here's Sheba. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Randy, for that introduction. Wow, so honored to have this opportunity and to share this message with you. Today, we're going to continue in our Galatians series. Um, we're nearing the end of it, still in Galatians 5. And in a couple weeks, Randy is actually going to start a new series, a summer series on Revelation. So that's going to be really interesting and fun. Um, but I want to start off with a question. How many of you guys have ever read through something in Scripture, maybe heard a passage, and you thought to yourself, well, I want to believe it. I wanna believe what it says, but my experience, my life experience says otherwise. I wanna believe what the word of God says, but I don't actually experience it in my life. And I remember thinking this way when I read that verse, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Because when I had this like come to Jesus moment when I was in college, and you know, I was tired of kind of living my own lifestyle, doing my thing, trying to be cool and fitting in. And I was literally hanging out with the wrong crowd and just wanted to fit in. But I had this moment where I felt like, you know, I didn't want my life to be shallow. I didn't have like this divine experience where God said, come follow me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I just sensed it in my spirit that God was like nudging me and wooing me back to his heart. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'll recommit my life. I'll surrender to you. And I did. But at the same time, I felt like there was this magnetic pull within me that was always trying to pull me back to those old lifestyles and those old habits. I went from apathetically going to church, like maybe once in a while, not really being interested in what the pastor had to say, because, you know, I didn't want the conviction I, I wanted to tune him out, but I did my duty, checked it off the list, went on Sundays, okay, I'm good, I follow Jesus, but I wasn't actually listening, I wasn't actually heeding the word of God. And then I went from that to going to church twice a week, worshiping God, loving him, soaking in the word, spending abundant time with God. But at the same time, there was like this inner battle within me, and I kept feeling like I was getting sucked back into those old things, those old, those old habits. I was trying to swim forward, but this current kept pulling me back. And at that time I was like, what does this verse mean? Like, I don't feel free. I feel like I'm still in bondage. I feel like I'm wrestling with these things internally. What is going on here? If the sun sets me free, I'm free indeed, but am I though? And I know maybe a lot of you in here this morning may feel that way of like, there are these cycles that I'm trying to break out of, but I can't. Maybe there's an addiction or a struggle in your life and you're like, this thing seems so much more stronger, so much more powerful than God, God himself. Perhaps it's anger or frustration for you and you're like, how long will I continue 
to be so entangled with this sin in my life. I don't want it anymore. I'm trying so hard. I wanna follow God. I want to do what's right. But for some reason, I just can't. You ever thought that? And Paul says the exact same thing in Romans chapter seven. It's not up there and you don't have to turn to it right now. In verse 15, he says, I don't really understand myself. I love how the Passion Translation puts it. I am a mystery to myself. Feels like that way sometimes. I don't understand myself. For what I want to do, I want to do what is right, but I don't. Instead, I do what I hate. I wanna do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't wanna do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. We've all been here before where we literally have like one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. And we're like, there's this battle that's fighting within us. And we're just like, what is going on here? I really truly do want to follow God, but there's this inner force that keeps preventing me and pulling me back. And I remember stumbling upon this and I was like, first of all, this is in the Bible. Oh my gosh. Yes. Second of all, we can talk about our struggles. Yes. And you know, the, the, the best thing is, this wasn't written by a random dude. This was written by Paul. Paul the apostle. The man who sacrificed his love and his life for God. And he said, I'll follow you. I'll go to the ends of the earth. Whatever you want me to do. This was written by that guy. And he's saying, I had some internal battles as well. I struggled with some things as well. So that, when I read that, I was like, yes, this is not abnormal. This is not me going crazy. I am a mystery to myself. But when Paul writes about it, I feel like he connects, he's relatable. And in Galatians chapter five, what we're gonna see today is Paul explains why that battle takes place within us. So if you have your Bibles, turn into Galatians chapter five. We're gonna start reading from verse 16. It's also on the screen, yes. But I say to you, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What this verse is saying is, there is one distinguishing factor that sets believers, those who follow Jesus, apart from those who don't follow God. That's the desires that we have within us. Those who follow God have two sets of desires, the, the desires of God and the desires of the flesh. And those who don't follow God have only one set of desires. So you may be thinking like, man, why was it so much easier before I came to Jesus? Because you only had one set. You had no competition. You could do whatever you wanted to do. You call the shots. And when Paul is talking about the desires of the flesh, he's not talking about like our material, physical body, but he's talking about the fact that there is one thing that unifies all of humanity. And that is the fact that we are all created 
with or born with this. We weren't created with it. It happened after the fall. So we were all born with this sinful, self-centered nature. You don't have to go far to look for it. I mean, just babies, you know? They, their first words are mama and dada, but the next words are mine, right? You don't have to tell them to say mine. Where did they learn it from? I don't know. But we have to teach them how to share, right? Yeah, so we don't have to go far looking for this but this sinful self-centered nature is when I sit on the throne of my life and I say, I call the shots, I do what I want. What makes me happy is the motto of my life and I do whatever makes me happy. But then the Holy Spirit comes in and he brings with him a new set of desires. And these desires are the desires of God. This is when God's at the center. And when God's at the center, his intention is to transform us, to make us into the image and the likeness of Christ so that we love God more and love people well. Well, so if you follow Jesus, you've got both of those sets of desires within you. And as you can tell, they don't get along very well. They are in opposition to each other. They're fighting against each other. So this morning, if you're here and you have this internal wrestling and you're just like, what's going on within me? I'm struggling. I want you to give yourself a pat on the back because that means you got the Holy Spirit living within you. You are sensitive to the Spirit of God because when I was going through that struggle, I didn't understand this. I was like, something must be wrong with me. This is so uncomfortable. But that's actually an indicator that the Spirit of God is living within you. You're sensitive to the Spirit. And I love what John Piper says. A Christian is not a person who experiences no bad desires. A Christian is a person who is at war with those desires by the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's right. So... Don't worry, if you got that battle going on in you and you're like, I wanna do what's right, but I can't, that's the spirit of God in you. That means he's living in you. Be sensitive to what he's saying. But if you tell me, if you tell me there, there's a war going on, if you give me the problem without the solution, there's no point to it. Tell me how to win this war, Paul. How can I live in victory? How can I choose the desires of God over the desires of flesh? How can I walk in freedom so I can prevent myself from being in bondage again? How can I move forward? Well, Paul actually gives us the secret. And I wanna tell you what it is. And it's so important that he tells it to us three times in three different verses. So if you have your markers or highlighters or pens out, I want you to take them out right now because I want you to remember this when you go home today. Verse 16, Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. So underline, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So once again, this doesn't mean you won't have desires of the flesh. You won't gratify them. You won't give in to them. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, underline or highlight led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, 
Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So he actually kind of says it four times. The secret is to walk by the Spirit, to be guided by the Spirit. So we win the war within by walking by the Spirit. Anybody wanna try saying that fast five times? Win the war within by walking by the Spirit. You win the war within by walking by the Spirit. And I love how the New, the, the new Living Translation actually puts it. It says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. That means we walk with the Holy Spirit in his footsteps and we follow him. And some of y'all, though, may not know who the Holy Spirit is, or you might be old school and be thinking, who's the Holy Spirit? I know him as the Holy Ghost, right? Um, but the Holy Spirit is not someone that we just passively receive. Like when we follow Jesus, the Spirit comes to live with inside of us. He's not someone that we just say, okay, well, I accepted Jesus when I was five years old. I'm good, I got my ticket to heaven. I'm gonna cruise through life doing whatever I want to do. But if you want the fullest, the best life, if you wanna experience heaven on earth that God's kingdom would come down into your life right now, if you wanna live the most meaningful and purposeful life here today, we have to actively walk with the Holy Spirit. We don't just passively receive the Holy Spirit, we actively walk with the Holy Spirit, walk in his footsteps as he's guiding us and leading us forward. As many of you know, we go to Cambodia every year. And unfortunately, we haven't been able to go um, in this season. But side note, I really want you guys to be praying for that nation because the COVID cases are skyrocketing, like around the world, it's scary. My dad's in India right now, I talk to him as well. And what's going on in India is also very frightening. But Cambodia is under a lockdown again, and just people are afraid for their life. So please be praying for that nation. But every time we go to Cambodia, our missions trip, we go on like a two-day excursion where we kind of debrief, explore the city and things. And we go to this temple or this historical site called Angkor Wat. And there's a picture of our group. This is the first team that we took to Cambodia. You might recognize some of those people. And that's Angkor Wat in the background right there. It might look small in the distance, but it is ginormous. It's so big. And we're walking through Angkor Wat and there's multiple temples all around. They're just amazingly well built. But as we're walking through, I mean, you walk through a room and then you walk through another room. And if you don't know anything about it, you kind of just are trying to envision what it used to look like. So we're walking through the group and I, and we're just like, what do you think that is? And we're trying to picture what life would have looked like back then. But there was a point where I just became frustrated because I was like, I just wanna know what this stuff was used for. What happened in this place? So I was like, let's get a tour guide because I'm tired of being clueless. And I got a tour guide for us. Thankfully, he spoke decent English and we were able to understand him. But he would begin to point things out and say, you see that like carved area right there? That's where they had purification baths. That's where they took their holy baths to get rid of the dirt or the sin in their life. And then he would point other things out. He said, it was built in the 12th century. That means it's 9,000 years before our time. That's when it was built. And he kept leading us and guiding us and we followed him. We could ask him any questions that we had. And the best part is he told us where to take the best photos. So we can't get better than that. 
Um, but the purpose of this guide was to show us the way. When we followed him, he led us forward. And he would give advice or input when we asked for it. And John 16, 13 says the same thing. That the when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The spirit guides us. He shows us the way into truth. How does he speak to us? Can you hear the Holy Spirit? Is it an audible voice? You might be reading the word of God um, in your devotional time. And as you read it, he brings things alive. He makes things applicable to your life. That's why people can read this Bible their whole lives and get something new from it because the spirit of God reveals it to them. The spirit of God will show them things that, that they need to know that needs to be relevant to their lives. He, when we're going in the wrong way, he'll hold up warning signs and say, hey, detour, turn back around. I wanna transform you. I wanna take you back onto the right path. We can ask him for advice. Maybe you're trying to figure out what should I do for the future? What college do I need to go to? I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between these decisions because his name is also called wisdom. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to lead us forward. But it's not gonna do me any good if the Holy Spirit is 10 steps ahead of me and I'm just stuck here. If he keeps walking forward, I gotta put one foot in front of the other and keep walking forward with the Spirit of God. And then he'll keep moving forward. But if he's over there and I'm over here, it's not gonna do me any good. But he leads us into all truth. And what does it say? The truth will set us free. The Holy Spirit leads us into freedom. And the rest of the verse says, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So if somebody comes up to you and says, I felt like, I got a word for you. And it, something to do with unicorns or swapping wives. Be like, I don't know what spirit that is, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Because whatever he says must align with the word of God. Whatever he says has to be backed by the written scripture. It can't be something new and made up. So go back to the word of God. If somebody gives you a word, if somebody tells you something, don't just take it and say, okay, well, this is gonna happen and whatever it is, but make sure that it is backed up by the written word of God. I actually wanna share with you an example about how the Holy Spirit recently guided me. And I'm gonna be very transparent with you, so don't judge me. <laughs> but as many of you know, actually probably only a few of you know, I'm gonna be an aunt in two weeks. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. First grandchild in our family, so that is like the most exciting feeling. And my brother and sister-in-law, they moved into a new home. So I go over, go over to their house and I wanna help them unpack and you know get the nursery ready and things like that for the baby. And as I walk into the door, my brother comes up to me and he's like, hey, um, could you please put a mask on? And I was like, kind of just ticked off, okay? Because I, I know, I know, this is a very tricky situation because look, I don't wanna wear one. I want this season to be over as well. But understandably, 
his wife's pregnant, and at the same time, like they're trying to be more cautious in this season. You know, I didn't wanna show them my frustration. I reluctantly walk to my car, get my mask, put it on, walk back inside, but you know, my mood's ruined for the rest of the day because you can't tell me what to do, especially when I showed up to help you, okay? <laughs> and the next morning, though, I forgot about it, you know, put it, put it away in my mind, but I, I like to wake up every morning and I come downstairs, make my coffee and spend some time with the Lord, reading the word and praying. And as I was doing that, I felt like the spirit just recalled this memory, this interaction back into my mind. And I felt like he rebuked me. I don't like being rebuked. And he said, the next time you go to their house, I think the best thing for you to do is to show up with your mask on without being told. And I was like, oh my gosh, seriously? But the thing is, the Holy Spirit and I have this relationship. We go way, 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 way back where I used to be very defiant. I did not walk in line with the Spirit. We didn't always see eye to eye. But I've come to a place where I've realized that as I keep walking with the Spirit, He wants to lead me into greater freedom. He wants me to walk into peace not confrontation. So I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, I know you're not here to please me. You're here to transform me. You're here to make me look more like Jesus. So yeah, that flesh wants to rise up within me and say, hey, put your foot down. Don't be a pushover. Show them who's boss. You came to, you came to do a favor for them. Don't let them tell you what to do. That's the flesh right there. That's the internal battle that starts happening within you. But the spirit, he's not concerned about my ego. He wants me to be transformed by the power of God. And ultimately, this, the decision is up to me. Ultimately, the decision boils down to, am I more interested in being right, proving my point, pleasing my ego, or am I more interested in being righteous, following God? Am I more interested in being right or being righteous? Because if I wanna be right, I put myself on the throne. I dethrone God. And when I put myself on the throne, I do whatever I want. And that leads to broken relationships. That leads to people being hurt. That leads to families being fractured. And there's already enough brokenness in the world. I don't wanna contribute to that. And the spirit of God wants to bring peace and reconciliation. He wants to lead us into a place where our families are healthy. Our family, my, I want my family to love each other, to have peace and harmony and unity. I don't wanna destroy what is good. So I listen to the spirit of God and I walk with him because I know his purpose is not to, he doesn't care to offend me, that's not his purpose. His purpose is to transform me, to make me into the image and the likeness of Jesus. So the next time I showed up at their house, I wore my mask, did I want to? No, but you know what? My ego wasn't that hurt either because nobody told me to do it. I showed up with it on. So, <laughs> but it's funny what the spirit of God will, will say to you. He wants to transform every area of your life. 
Like I can give you some other examples. I'll be walking through the grocery store. I pick something up and put it in a different aisle because I don't need it anymore. I just feel in my spirit like, hey, why don't you leave it better than you found it? You know? Or sometimes like I'll be scrolling through Instagram and just feel like you're struggling with like body image issues or comparison. Maybe take a break from social media. Why don't you give someone a compliment today? Why don't you say something nice? Bless someone today. That's how the spirit of God speaks. And you might be thinking, well, how do I know if it's God or my mind? How do I know if it's the spirit or my mind? What if I'm making this up? Well, the simple question I ask myself is, is this pointing me towards Jesus? Is it gonna bring greater transformation in my life? And is it gonna help me look like Jesus? If it is, then do it. Easy. I know sometimes it gets a little bit more complicated than that, but most times it's those small things. And as we learn to walk it out in the small things, the Holy Spirit will give us more insight into the bigger things because he doesn't want to just leave. We can't just stay standing here. We have to follow him. We have to walk with him in what he instructs us to do because it is for the best, not just for us, but for everyone around us. Amen. So I'm going to go on to the next couple verses. You might not want to hear this part. <laughs> but it's in the Bible, so I'm just reading whatever's here. In these next couple verses, Paul lays out some patterns of behavior for those who just ignore and neglect the voice of the Spirit. And I want you to be reminded, he's not talking to unbelievers here. He's talking to the church. This is a letter written to the church. Verse 19 now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, and witchcraft. And if the list ended here, I'm good, right? I don't, those, those are major things. Those are, you know, the people in the world struggle with that stuff, but not me. But it doesn't end here. It goes on to say hostilities. These are people who who like to create drama and, and have enemies with other people. Strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, not being able to control your emotions, selfish ambition, climbing up the ladder of success or doing whatever I want at the expense of other people. Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, those are addictive behaviors and things like these of which I forewarn you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I just love how in this passage, we might think that some sins are major and others are minor. Like I don't, I don't struggle with the first like five or six of those things, but he lists them all together and he says, these are the behaviors, the characteristics of those who ignore the Spirit of God, the leading of the Spirit of God. But then there's another list that follows this list. And that list, everybody knows this. How many of you guys know what list follows this one? Yeah, the fruit of the Spirit. It's so interesting that these are called deeds of the flesh. But the next list is the fruit of the Spirit. So I wanna read the fruit of the Spirit's fruit of the spirit to you. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, just compare like your emotions hearing that list versus this list. I feel so good listening to this list, right? It makes me come alive. I want my life to be characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you guys want your life to be full of the fruit of the Spirit? Not just one of them. I don't wanna just be good at patience. I wanna be good at all of them. I want the Holy Spirit to produce all the fruit of the Spirit in my life, that they're evident when people say, when I say I follow Jesus, that people will know because of the things that they see in my life, my behaviors. When I tell my family I am a follower of Jesus, that they don't just believe me because I say it, but because I live it out. I pursue peace, I pursue love and joy and patience and those things. When you walk by the Spirit of God, you produce the fruit of the Spirit. When you walk by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you produce the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm gonna close with this final thought. Some of you may be in here, you may be listening to this message and kind of like me at the beginning, feeling like you're in the ring with your self-centered nature. And you're like, how long am I gonna keep getting defeated? How long is this thing going to overpower me? When will I be set free? And you wanna give up. You wanna throw in the towel and say, this is too hard. Following Jesus is not easy, it's too hard. I can't take it anymore. When will I actually be free? Is that verse true? Can it be true in my life? I wanna take you back to Galatians 5 one last time because I already told you to underline the word walk, but now I want you to underline the word fruit. Those two words signify something, that this is a journey. Doesn't happen overnight. You don't produce fruit overnight. If I plant a seed today, tomorrow, I don't come and see fruit growing on it. It is something that we walk towards. It's a lifelong process. Those words fruit and walk show us that it is about walking with the Spirit. And as you walk with the Spirit of God, you will become stronger. As you walk with the Spirit of God, you'll become stronger to to, um, face that opposition and to overcome. You will get to a period in your life where the, the desires of, the, of God, the desires of the spirit are stronger than the desires of the flesh. So walk with the Holy Spirit, let him lead you. What is he saying to you? How does he want to guide you? Listen to him because as you do, you will walk into greater freedom. Don't let the enemy come and say, oh, you're stuck. You're never gonna make it out. You're gonna be a loser for the rest of your life. You're gonna struggle with this forever. No. Tell him, I'm not who I wanna be, but I know I'm not who I used to be. And the Lord is taking me forward. He's gonna keep taking me into greater freedom. Amen. Amen. So do not be discouraged. Do not feel like this is never gonna end. Know that what Christ secured for you on the cross is freedom from sin. So we don't fight for victory. We fight from a place of victory. It has been promised to us. But some of you may be like, well, I don't struggle with that. I don't have any internal wrestlings. Well, if you don't look like Jesus in every area of your life, we haven't arrived yet. We've still got some more transformation 
that the Holy Spirit wants to bring in our lives. Amen. Amen. So let's close in prayer. Lord God, thank you for your spirit. Thank you that your spirit guides us. He leads us. Thank you that your spirit convicts us. And we may think that conviction is a bad thing because it, it makes us feel uncomfortable, but it's not. It's for the purpose of transformation so that we can look more like you. We can love other people well. And I pray, God, that we would be able to be sensitive to the voice of the spirit, that where he is calling us to go, we would go instead of being defiant instead of being adamant to be stuck in our ways, to know that he's calling us into greater peace, into greater love, into greater patience and long suffering. Show us how to walk with your spirit, Lord. As we go out this week, let us carve out space and time to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying to us. Thank you, Lord, that ultimately your goal and your purpose is what's best for us, for the body of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. As Sheba reminds us, we win the war within by walking by the Spirit. Thanks for joining us. I'm Myrna Brown.